Hey, everybody, this is Bill Knauer. You're listening to Author to Author, where we like to talk about writing and life because what it takes to write the book you want to write is what also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Right now, I've got my new conversation up there with Mary Cronk Farrell, author of uh, her latest book, Standing Up Against Hate. It's a, um, it's, a, it's, it's a YA nonfiction. And uh, Mary's an interesting woman, went from a career in broadcasting to writing for young people. And we talk all about that journey. Very good conversation. You can check that out. As, long, as well as all the fabulous articles and my blog, my, my, week, my thrice weekly blog at authormagazine.org. And of course, we're funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. I will be doing, uh, so the, the PNWA sponsors uh, the, PN, the Pacific Northwest Writers Conference every year in September now, and it's a great conference if you're in the Northwest. And I honestly, people come from all over the world to come to this conference because it's a good one. And they're already take people are already signing up for it for the classes, the workshops, the master classes, the pitching to agents and editors, the whole kit and caboodle. Well. You can sign up for it there at pnwa.org. We also have classes. If, you're, if you live in the Northwest, PNWA, uh, PNWA offers classes. And I will be teaching a fearless writing class. Uh, oh, dear. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I will be teaching a writing class every uh, month, starting on uh, this month, March 16th. So I hope to see you there. You can li- uh, sign up for it at uh at uh, pnwa.org. So, okay, our 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 guest, Case, she's uh, Case Hewitt. Now she's um, for some reason I wasn't able to reach her, but she, I just got an email from her uh, saying she's waiting. So I'm going to call her, and so we're doing this all live. So I'm going to call I'll call you right now. See, there were you could, I'm getting a peek behind the curtain. Uh, get ready. Uh, sh- so I'm going to try calling her and see if we can get her uh, get her on the line. And uh, hopefully she's on her she's near her phone. If not, we'll figure this out. Oh my word! I don't think she's answering her phone for some reason. Uh, sorry about this, people. But there's just no other way to do this. Apparently, there was some miscommunication between her and her publicist. You have reached the voicemail box oh, of no, two gonna, zero oh, six. Go away! No, we're not going to tell you what that is. Uh, okay, I'm going to see if maybe she'll be able to call me. I don't know. Uh, boop, 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 boop. So I'm going to. Okay, we're live. What do you think of that, people? This is all happening. Right now, so uh, Kate, I will hopefully this will all work out. Hopefully, we'll actually get to hear from Case. I'm going to pr- bring my producer in in the meantime. Jeff, I hope you hear us. I got an email from this woman, and uh, she, for some reason, I don't know why, she's not on her phone. But uh, you and I are here in the meantime. Hopefully, she'll yeah. call in. 
Yeah, I sent I sent her a text bill. Hopefully that precipitated the email. Well, maybe did. I don't know what's going on with her. I don't know what she's waiting for. Maybe she's waiting for me to. I don't know what she thinks is supposed to happen. But um, well, we're going to talk about. You know, she's written a memoir about finding her voice. Uh, something we all have to do as writers. Uh, do you feel like you found your voice, or do you feel like you're still finding it? You know, I think it's like it's both, Bill. I feel yeah. that when I sit down to write and I'm in that rarefied zone that I'm oh, saying wait a minute. what I was going to say. Oh. She called. Ah, that's her. Yes. Let's see. <laughs> Casey. Is it Case or Casey? Yay. It's Casey. It is Casey. All right, Casey. All right. <laughs> Jeff and I were just starting to talk, but I'm going to put you on hold. Sorry, Jeff. We're just going to no have to dive in. <laughs> All right. There was some miscommunication there, but you're here with us. That's good. I am here. I don't know. Technology does its, you know, wonderful thing and doesn't respond it does. when you want it to. So. <laughs> well, we are live. We are recording. And you're here. I didn't get a chance to introduce you because I was writing to you online. So I should just say quickly that uh, it's – and you said it is Casey, right? It is the way Casey, they, yes. That's right. That's how they spell it in Oklahoma, maybe? I don't know. Uh, that's how they so spelled it when I was born. <laughs> yeah. But you live here in Seattle with me, but you are a, a, kind of a life coach, we'll call it. Plus, you're an author, uh, a, which began uh, in the 2000s with some blogging, but you've since gone on to publish three books. As I Lay Pondering, Daily Invitations to Live a Transformed Life, Blue, a novel, and then most recently, Soul Stroller, Experiencing the Weight, Whispers, and Wings of the World, which is a memoir of self-discovery. Uh, Casey, welcome to the show. Uh, the Soul Stroller, kind of an interesting book, because when you started it, you were not going to write a memoir, were you? I was not. It was a bit of a, it was more of a travel log when I started it. And what I found as a, I have a background in counseling psychology and, as you mentioned, life coaching. And what I found that when I started to write about these travels, that my personal story wound its way in there. And that seemed to be an integral part of the story. So rather than just, Places. Yeah. You know what happens? Uh, this I found this to be the case. I, I work with a lot of clients and students. And as soon as, as, soon as you introduce I to the uh, page, <laughs> and as soon as I has any kind of problem or thing that he or she is interested in, the whole, any chance of you just being in the background narrating is gone. As soon as you present yeah. yourself... And have something you, it is that's the story, whether you like it or not. Yes. Yes. And that was what yes. happened to you. Yeah. Well, but, and it was. And I and I think that the the kind of interesting part that sets it apart is this this way of this uh weaving of not just I mean, anybody can talk about Paris, right? Or right. places they've they've been. But it's how what I found for me is how those places impacted my life and how I interact with the world. Right. Right. A place is a strangely neutral thing. We think it, we think a place has all this power and I mean, certainly some are 
beautiful or frightening, I guess, but we are the primary uh, source of the experience, not the thing. At least that's how I've always uh, dealt with it. Do you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it's I like do. we, it's I really, do. it's all happening through us. Yes. And I said, I, I think I, I probably wrote this. I know I've said this, but the places actually kind of became the containers for the story. Right. right. Yeah. And so, so talk about Soul Stroller, because that's the name of your book, but it's also a name of a business of yours. A, a, explain, t- talk to us about that. It is. So what I found, the, the backing up just a little bit, the working title of the manuscript uh, was Accidental Pilgrim. Right. And, and so I had started taking these trips and found that I really enjoyed being much more what I call a traveler or a pilgrim rather than a tourist. In other words, I really wanted to sink into the culture and the really the environment and the richness of the places that I was visiting rather than running around and checking off landmarks like a to-do list. It's a subtle difference, though, in a way, isn't it? It is a subtle difference. And so I know what you mean, but it's a subtle difference. Yeah. (laughs) And so soul strolling, the the business of soul strolling came into place when a a great friend of mine, uh, Sharon Richards, uh, we collaborated and we found that we were experiencing travel in the same way. And I love that you bring that word subtle in there because that that's what we were experiencing. And so we crafted these experiences to bring others along with us and help them learn and practice what we were doing, which we originally, we called it an urban pilgrimage. And then we found that um, we were actually sitting here in Seattle one day out by Lake Washington. And we were like, we're soul strolling. We're taking ourselves for this stroll, we're literally walking. A lot of what we do is walking. We're very much about public transportation and right. the, you know, the experience of being in there. So, so we began to uh, invite others to come along with us, and then we've also expanded that through our writing and blogging and and just really daily living. So you are like a spiritual tour guide. But you're actually going to places, but it's really like a, it, you're sort of trying to take them on a spiritual journey while you're actually going on a physical journey. Is that fair? Correct. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's interesting. Yeah. So That's interesting. How's so it going? Do people, is it working? <laughs> Are you able, do you feel like you're able to actually do it? It's one yes. thing to think it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, but we, it's not one of those, it's, as, as I said, it's kind of a what I call a curated trip. In other words, you can't just push a button and say, yes, I want to go do this. We actually right. have conversations with people to say, when are you physically able to do what we're doing? Because we may walk, you know, six, seven, ten miles in a day just oh, wandering oh. and going going yeah. up and down stairs and, and it just depends on kind of where, where the spirit leads us. Right. And right. So, so we want to make sure that there's, there's both the 
physical aspect of it. And then also kind of this hunger, and they might not be able to name it. You know, a person might not be able to name it, but they, like you said, it's, it's a subtle difference in saying, okay, I just, I don't really feel like going um, and just, okay, I've seen the Eiffel Tower. So what now? So what? Right. Right. And so we kind of get into the depth of that. And, and we say we are not tour guides. We are not historical, factual, can tell you all these things, but we can take you to some really kind of behind the scenes places that we've stumbled along and people that we've met and oh, see, out now of the that's way. the difference. That's the difference. Is yes. you're not there to to learn so much, although you do learn, but you you're you're there to learn through experience rather than information yes. and history. Oh, I like yes. it. Yes, yes, that's the sort yes. of thing it's I do. It's very so I have, much an experience. Right. Okay. So the book, though, and so you you know, it's interesting reading this book because you remind me a lot of women I've met through my, especially through my work as a writer and coach and yes. teacher, who were raised to be a certain kind of person uh, and it is not serving them. (laughs) It is not really working. And you were raised in a conservative corner of the world on top of that. Um, And so this book is among other things is about really about you finding your voice because it was not there for you early on. Um, talk Talk to me a bit about where you came from as a writer and just as a, person okay well as a as a <laughs> as a writer that piece of me was squelched for many many right. years starting in you know second third grade when a overzealous teacher with her red pen said this is wrong and, and yeah. i you know i injected that information and so i was i was raised in bethany oklahoma which is really Oklahoma City, for those who aren't oh, familiar. Okay. And right. I say I was um, right a mile off of Route 66, wow. almost smack dab in the middle of the United States. Right. And I came from a line of farmers and pastors, and my father was a truck driver. My mother uh, right. was an Avon lady. And they were what I call salt-of-the-earth people. Right. But what I found was that they, they and, I, and this is the big collective they of the community I grew up in, it was very much of, we've got it figured out for you, so don't you worry your pretty little head about what you need to do or what you need to think or who you need to be. Right. And and so I went to college, and, and, and the deal and, was. And, and you believed them, did you? And you, I and you sort of believed. I knew nothing else. I knew. Right. I knew. You just nothing, said okay. I knew nothing else, and and it was right. very much. It was a very homogenous environment. Sure. So there were no. There was none of this what I call kind of the Seattle edginess, where people no. say will <laughs> argue with no. you about. Right. You know anything of course and yeah. it was very homogenous and very polite so very yeah. very polite yeah, and but, and but, yes i i believed it yeah and and, and you got married and, when you were like 19 and do you think you got I married did. in a way just to get the just to to to, to actually 
just to get out a little bit, feel like you're getting out of something, like beginning something. It's something you can do. I've always it's felt like yes. it's like you, yeah. something you can claim is your own. It's the one thing you can do yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. Even though you really yeah. didn't love the guy. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. he was a great friend. We were great. You know, right. we were, we, we were romantic sweethearts and um, he came into my life right after my father died. And so it's very classic. I mean, I look back, you know, cause I came to, to the therapy field later in life. I actually, when I was in college, well, I quit college after two years and then I realized that, oh my gosh, I was married and I was working in literally what they call back then. It's like a secretarial pool. Right. And right. I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I, I went back to See, school. See, but that's interesting. You know what though, uh, Casey, is that not everybody realizes that they, they just think, well, yeah. this is all I got. This is yeah. it. Yeah. I can't do better, yeah. but something, so there, was not, a, there was a spark in there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there, there was, was a spark, spark in, in there. there. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And, but it wasn't a too brilliant spark because instead of doing something I was passionate about, I got a practical degree and I became an accountant. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, someone's got to be. So, right. So it's like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Um, And, and so I, but that was a big breaking point for me when I actually went back to school and, and said, okay, I, that was almost more than the marriage. That was something where I said, this is my own, right? This, I'm going to get a job where I can physically support myself. And And when did when did you right and it's so important because it's so important because you just feel in fact i remember when i interviewed um amy tan the woman who wrote um yes uh, joy luck club plus a bunch of other stuff she was fascinating and she was really determined especially coming from where she came from because the chinese culture is so conservative and so patriarchal in many ways she was really determined she was never going to depend on a man for income she just was that mm-hmm. that would no matter. And she was with men she loved, I think, and were quite kind to her. But she could not bear the idea of being sort of tied to them <laughs> in that way um, yeah. because she didn't feel she'd be free. And so, so, so all right. So, but so we're going to jump ahead a little bit. You, you, um, so you were in second grade. You encountered the red pen. You did not like it, and it just <laughs> silenced you once again. But at some point, you crawled out and you started and you started. To, doing a, a braving the page, the blank page again. Talk to me about that. I did. Well, as many things happen, it came out of a time of real tragedy for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, and real struggle, real struggle in my life. And yeah. I found myself, I had a teenage son that we had found out was addicted, walking the road of addiction um, yeah. and drugs and alcohol. And I had a mother who was disappearing into Alzheimer's. And Double I, had a, yeah, I had a young daughter. <laughs> and I had, by this time, I, I had a husband. This is husband number two. So yep. number one at age 19 didn't, didn't last. And right. he, was, he was working all the time to support this family, right? So right. again, husband I was number two. back in this. 
husband number two. So I'm back in this traditional role of a wife and mother, but I'm still, I'm making my own income along the side. And I was, I was desperate and someone introduced me to the artist's way by Julia Cameron. Ah, okay. Oh boy. Another person (laughs) saved by the artist's way. How many times have you heard that story? Uh, A few, I'll tell you. Yeah. And I literally, I mean, she gave this lifeline of just write three pages every day. Just, just write, just blurt it out. So the morning pages, the morning pages. The morning pages. And so I started to do the morning pages and within three months of doing the morning pages, I found myself back in graduate school. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How long, how long after the morning three pages? Mu- three months. Wow. Whoa. Boy, you're like a, yeah. you're like a case study in, in the artist's way. Okay. Fantastic. So that yeah. really opened up yeah. the gates for you. Yes. And so that opened up things for me. And then the program that I was, I was in was actually, both a very creative and spiritual program. And there was a lot of writing and I continued to do my um, morning pages. I continued to write and I found this healing process. And in there, I, I started an anonymous blog. This was back <laughs> when blogs were like brand new. And, yeah. and I had an anonymous blog and it was called diamonds in the sky with Lucy Uh, And I found, uh, because I had an alter ego, Lucy was my, Lucy was my sassy girl. She was the brave one. Right. So she was kind of my alter ego. And I started to blog and people started to respond. And ultimately, my first book, As I Lay Pondering, came out of that. And that all sounds so simple. And it was stretched out with lots of angst and Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so you let Great yourself thing. just write about your own, your own life, your own experiences, your own ideas, your own fears and triumphs yes. and pains. Yeah. And you transform yes. them into something that could be of use to other people that could move other yes. people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice, yes. it's, it's an interesting experience when the thing that you take something from your own life you write about it in the privacy of your workroom, and somehow it reaches these strangers, and it helps them, just like the artist way helped you. It's yes, very nice, exactly. isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And so it began. And so you gave yourself permission by hiding behind a veil of a, <laughs> of a gnom de plume, and that gave you the permission to <laughs> say whatever the hell you wanted to. Now, yeah, whatever works, right? Whatever works. Yeah, those those baby steps and whatever works. And so sometimes I want to go back behind that nom de plume. It's (laughs) why? Um, Why do you want to? Well, why? Well, I'm finding it's really interesting because even though one of my um, really hopes and one of the things I I do try to share in my writing is a sense of vulnerability and 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 struggle, and those are things that people really relate to. But what they also yeah. relate to is they say that that's very brave. You're so brave. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can never do that. And then when they think you're brave, they think they, you know, they think they know you and that you can handle everything and that right. life is not hard. And and I don't care who we are. We have our days and weeks and times where 
life, you know, is is kind of challenging. And of course. I think that's what that's what keeps me moving forward. Uh, but it doesn't mean it doesn't stop me in my tracks for periods right. of time. And 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 sometimes being a little more visible, uh, it's you know that hiding behind the nom de plume. It's you know you can do it a little more privately. I see. You know, it's a funny thing, yeah. though, Casey, because I, this is what I do. I also write about my own life. I write memoir, personal essay, kind of self-help stuff. And so I've been doing – I did write fiction for a while, but this is all I do now. And I've come to mm-hmm. realize when I teach these workshops and meet or, or meet the readers or whatever that I think people, when they read our stories, even though when they're about us, they're always reading about themselves, no matter Absolutely. what they are reading. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've kind of come to that realization. So I suppose for that reason, I don't worry about it because I realize they're not even wor- reading about me anyway. Not really. Exactly. You know, it, that's it's their a, own that's lives. That's such a great point. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's such a great and, point. and the guy on the page named Bill isn't me anyway. He's almost like a fiction uh-huh. that I, that I had to, okay. I mean, you know, there's because there's always more to the story than I can put down there. So even he is like Absolutely. a reduction. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, exactly. Just like Casey yes. on the page is not as full as Casey in real life. It's impossible. Right. So, right. Oh. Cause there's, yeah. Cause our stories are changing moment by moment. Right. Right. And, and so to get the fullness into the page, I mean, my, my book already ended up being, you know, it was 300 pages long or something. And I thought, right. and I didn't even tell you they're real stories. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> And of course, I told you the real stories. So right, it's well. I was just thinking about this the other day. I published a piece where I was go- I was very upset about this. Well, I was in a snowstorm and I was walking home and I was all pissed off about having to walk home. But I left out all the times I thought, "Calm down, Bill. It's going to be okay. You know, you're going to be okay." Because if I had included all those, it would have monkeyed with the story which was the point of the part of the story was me being upset. So I had to just leave out the part where I would sort of soothe myself for five minutes before I get outraged again for another five minutes. So you have mm-hmm. to leave that kind of stuff out when you're telling stories. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So did, yeah. were you happy with Soul Stroller? You finished it. It's a, it took it. It's an unusual book in that it, it's sort it's mostly memoir. It's really mostly memoir, but there's some guidance in there too. There's a little bit about Soul Strolling. Were you happy with it in the end? I was very happy with it. I was I was very happy with it. I had a great editor that I felt helped me put it into context and I had a lot of a lot of help along the way in terms of really just helping me put it into a format that was readable that people could could follow the story and connect with it because a, a big piece of the story was that I've come to discover is that Life, while we try to make it linear, it's at least in my experience, it's really not. No, and it kind of loops a, it loops around on itself. And and so for me that was the, the tricky thing was moving back and forth through time because yeah. you know, writing linearly, it's like some of the awarenesses that I had came six years after I wrote the first passage in my journal. Yeah. Uh, And so I was, I was very pleased and, and for the most part it's been well received. And then I figure I must be doing something great 
because I've had a couple of scathing reviews. And, um, <laughs> so I appreciate wow. your, your interpretation that, you know, it's not about me or my book anyway. It's <laughs> it's and, and speaking of readers, we have a caller. Let's see who this caller is and what they want to ask you. We still have a few minutes here. Let's see if they really, uh, uh, hello there. You're on the air with Casey Hewlett and myself. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, other than the fact that you're not giving me any credit for your books. I'm your ghostwriter. Don't you remember me? All right. So that was some sort of crank caller. I don't know who that was. Uh, but I don't think you had a ghost call, ghostwriter, did you? I did not, and I was thinking it was probably your ghostwriter since it was no. mail. <laughs> no, no, I uh, I do not have a ghostwriter. All right, well, okay. I don't know why crank called, but uh, oh my god, go away! <laughs> and um, I don't know. Apparently, you just tried to call me. I don't know what that's about. Okay, so listen, we're gonna purge that from our minds, and yes, what I want case because i'm not quite done with you so first of all if people want to learn about you and they want to buy your book if they want to uh you know learn about the soul strolling where should they go okay the the easiest and most simple is soulstrolling.com okay that's it that and that's everything you need to know is right there okay it'll take you to my it'll take you to my website my blog's on there my bio's on there. All of my books are on there. The trips are on there. Um, and that's the easiest. It's, All right. It's soulstrolling.com. And, great. And so I have, uh, I have a, uh, one more question for you. What I'd like you to do is finish okay. this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Hmm. To keep going, <laughs> to be persistent. Keep going. I like and, it. And keep going. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. That was the first well, thing that popped into my head. Well, then that's mm-hmm. the one you got to go with. You got to trust your gut. It is. It is. You I see do. what pops in. Well, listen, Casey, it's been nice to talk to you. Uh, good luck with Soul Stroller and whatever the next book is also. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate it. And it's been great chatting with you and best of luck to you too. All right. Take it easy, Casey. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Stick with it, people. Just stick with it. Just stick with it. Okay. Again. Oh, tonight, by the way, tonight I will be uh, at Wisdom Soup, Wisdom Soup Meetup in um, somewhere. Where is it going to be? It's going to be in Bellevue, Washington, at uh, the Bellevue Courtyard Marriott at 7 o'clock to talk about writing as a spiritual practice. I hope to see you there. In the meantime, I'll be back next week with another fascinating author. Until then, thank you, R.J. Jeffries, my erstwhile producer, and thank you all, and go do something